Welcome to Carrots and Suffering, a D&D Odyssey. Thank you, listener, for rating and reviewing us wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you also for sticking with us until now, episode 27. We are very nearly to the one-year mark, which makes us official podcasters. Before this, we were dabblers in the occult of podcastery, but we now, we, are pod cultists. Without you, dear listener, we would not have bothered, and our antics would never have left Sandra's living room. On that note, we're planning something special for our one-year anniversary, mainly a big blitz of episode releases. All right. Last time on Carrots and Suffering. Our heroes awoke early to an impatient Lord Regent mentor, demanding answers for the largest economic disaster in generations. I would say that about uh, half of the Grove is gone. Okay. Was anyone hurt? No one died. The Kingdom's Intrigue Network had also gone to work to try to benefit from this disaster. You stroll down the hallway. There's a line of about 14 people. Are there a bunch of letters on the desk? Yeah, like 60. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, good God. This is what you get for ignoring our offers. Archdruid Wu, head of the competing Circle of Land, made Sable an offer to help restore the destroyed land. Disband the Circle of the Moon in its entirety. I believe that will require you to cut down that tree. You ask too much. Jalen's boyfriend, Lynn, apparently didn't tell his parents he was spending the night with girls hunting near the thorns, and his parents seemed pretty displeased. It would be great if he informed us what he was doing. Don't, not getting in the middle of that no, one. Not, I'm not touching that one with a ten-foot pole. I give a side eye that's kind of like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Busted, you are so grounded, dude. Startled by the damage of the hunting trip, Miev comes to propose a backup plan involving fairies. There's a backup plan, and I would like to do the backup plan. No. I'm, I'm sorry, so... I don't think it's a good idea. To wrap up the episode, our heroes gave Jessica Evans a dragon head to parade through town. They all agreed to go to Lady Miev's to hear about this backup plan. And Lord Byron Mason, suitor of Silva Lunari, sent her some mediocre love poetry. They are no... She walks in beauty like the night... Of cloudless climes and starry skies. And all that's best of dark and bright meet in her aspect and her eyes. Well, let's get back into it. Sofa will go to the library in the morning. All right. There is three patrons. Two of them are servants grabbing things for noble houses and sitting at a table, twiddling his thumbs and not reading a thing is Thomas Drury. Silpha will stride in and say, Oh, uh, Master Drury, I am so sorry to keep you waiting. I can show you where the research you are interested in is. Excellent. And he stands up. The books on religious history are this way. And he'll follow you to the basically empty religious history section. Excellent. Well played. Well played. And he says, Hey, Silpha, so... I think we got off on the wrong foot. I think at the funeral, the timing was bad, and I think, you know, I I might have gotten, I might have been a little sensitive at the courting session, so I just, I want to apologize and let you know that I, I am actually interested in magic. Good. I'm sincerely happy to hear of your interest. I don't want things to be awkward. I'm, I'm sorry if they are. I, I mean, I just awkwardness just like naturally flows out of me especially when I'm under a lot of pressure and and I've just been under a lot of stress recently I hate it when my mother 
pushes suitors upon me and and look the the honest truth is I don't want to get married to anyone. I don't want to court anyone and but I would I would adore a friend who would like to study magic with me. He gets sort of a contemplative look on his face and says, "You know, I would love to study magic. Let's do it. Let's do it." I don't think anyone's coming into this section anytime soon and he sort of blows a bunch of dust off a book and says, "All right, how do we start? Well, before we start, I know your family is deeply opposed to magic, so I'd like to get a feeling of how much trouble I might be in for teaching you a spell. I mean, I'm the, I'm the fourth son, so expectations are not really high for me. I can get away with most things. But I mean, your parents won't come after me or anything like that. Um, no. Why would they do that? Uh, a 14 insight. Thomas Drury seems to have a high opinion of his parents and their morality. Well, you know, there are lots of rumors that float around about people like me or the Lady Miev, you know, creepy witch, ensorceling people, that kind of thing. I mean, you don't really do that, do you? No. So yeah, you're fine. Why is your family so opposed to magic, if I may ask? Is it just because they believe all magic comes from fairies? Well, so if you ask my father, he would say that magic that comes from the church is the only magic you can be sure isn't coming from fairies. Mm. If you ask my mother, she would say that there's people running around parading themselves as non-fairy spellcasters when really all of their power comes from fairies. Your mother has a point. That's that's true. I suppose I should start at the beginning. You should understand there's essentially three different ways in which people have access to the power of magic. One way is making a deal with a powerful entity, some kind of fairy or demon, something that has supernatural gifts itself. My parents would definitely not approve of that method unless it was one of the deities in the temple. And I really don't like church. Mm. The second way, the way in which I and the Lady Miev practice, is through deep study and understanding of the ways magic is woven throughout the world. The last and rarest way is for people to simply be born with it through something in their bloodline or strange confluence at their birth, that kind of thing. Okay. Anyhow, before we begin, I want you to know that I take this very seriously. Any spell that I teach you, even the simplest one, can be used for malicious purposes, even if the magic itself is not bad. Okay. So I will teach you a spell today, which is the building block of many other spells. The simplest cantrip. It's called prestidigitation. All right, I'm in. First, you need to attune yourself to the magic in the world around you. It's like a web woven through most everything. You close your eyes and you'll have a sensation of the energy flowing through you. It helps if you can think of a memory that brings you a lot of wonder. You know, like watching a sunrise or something where it was just so beautiful, it made the hair on the back of your neck stand up. He's like, okay, I've got one of those. 
Wonderful. Put out your hands. He does. She'll hold her hands, like, palm out, like, uh, like facing him and gesture for him to imitate that. He does. May I put my hands on yours? Sure. So she she lays her hands on top of, of his and says, like, just close your eyes for a moment. He does. And then she'll, like, she will pull in, like, a surge of, of magic in the room to, like, guide his feeling of what he should feel when pulling magic th- through his hands. Okay. We are going to give Thomas Jury a, essentially, charisma check. Charisma is the stat that bards use for spellcasting. To see how well he takes to this. It's a little risky to be giving him this lesson in the library. Uh, it doesn't go great. So he, uh, he rolls a five, which uh, his charisma is plus three. So he's got an eight. May I assist him? Yeah, you don't need to roll. He'll uh, just get advantage for the assist. Uh, a twelve. Okay, so he manages to sustain some kind of magical force. Like, it's not coherent it's not strong but he pulls it in and you get the sense that okay he's a beginner she pulls her hands away and says that was pretty good that was really pretty good you'll want to practice just doing that over and over again until you begin to have the ability to shape reality to your will you focus on pulling in that energy and then Focus on the effect that you want to shape and craft with that energy. She'll say, for example, and she prestidigitates the image of a perfect flower in the palm of her hand. All right. So Thomas is pretty cocky. He's like a very confident stage personality. So he's going to just go into this. He's trying. He's succeeded in holding some energy. He's going to try to shape it. Okay. Uh, yeah. So that that comes out as a seven. So what he manages to create is a, like a stinky small cloud in his palm. <laughs> I made a fart cloud. <laughs> that just sort of lifts off and, and then disperses in a way that's like really noxious. <laughs> she. <laughs> Great. The guy makes farts. <laughs> she actually kind he of. did that before. <laughs> <laughs> this is not new. <laughs> It's just visible now. She actually kind of giggles, but not in a mean way, like she's laughing at him. And just like, shrugs, this is the kind of thing that happens all the time. Which is why you probably want to practice somewhere quiet and alone. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, okay. I mean, there's lots of field space. I guess I can hang out in the weed fields and try it out. When you stop making farts, call me. <laughs> Here's my digits. <laughs> or maybe she assumes that he was he was making a fart. Yeah. <laughs> and is like, good job. Good job, dude. You did. Now make something that you don't already naturally make. <laughs> <laughs> so the the lesson will will fast forward it up a little bit. He he tries several more times and he's got the idea but the execution needs some work and some practice so he's gonna take it home and do that he says how about i um the next time i need to do some research i'll send you a note all right great i i am picturing like one of the librarians poking their head around the corner during the course of that being like um would you all mind going outside (laughs) i think 
Okay, so Silpha will will sweep her hand around, making the smell of roses. <laughs> yeah. He's <laughs> 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 like, that's that's really cool. Here, I'll try that. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, she, and she like does it surreptitiously, so he thinks he did it. <laughs> <laughs> don't do it. Don't do it. Okay, yeah. He's getting better. He's getting better. The the smell that comes out probably it isn't like a full on rose, but it's lightly floral. <laughs> Dirt lilies. Yeah. Dirt lilies. <laughs> it's like the chemical that people say is roses. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a flatulily. Flatulily. <laughs> That's stolen from the Dragon Prince, which is an adorable uh children's animated series. Yeah. While we're here, practice that for a while, and don't try to practice anything bigger than that on your own. But while we're here, one of the most useful skills that you can learn as a wizard is how to use the library. Oh, I, I think I know how to use a library. You just give some coins to like one of the guys up front, and they do all the work for you, basically. No, I mean you read extensively, and here, let me show you. You have advantage because you're a scribe. Good thing I have advantage. What's the roll? Silpha is rolling investigation to find a book that she already knows is in the religious history section. Okay. What's that come out to? A 17. 17. Yep. You definitely can find any book you want. She pulls a volume off the shelf that's The Life of St. David of the Copperfields. (laughs) (laughs) And she dusts off the spine. I think you would probably really enjoy this one. It's an autobiography by a rather famous saint devoted to God of the Arts. Um, she will like open it and say, and if you if you look very closely within this book, it conceals some other spells. She'll go to a specific page and and show him that like amongst the writing in the book is concealed a spell. On one of the pages, it's illusory. Oh, wow. And he starts looking at the library, and like his eyes are really wide, and he's like, oh, how many of them are like that? Well, not all of them have pages that are necessarily disguised in illusion magic, but there are plenty of books in here that are about other topics that will contain a spell or two. Well, this is this gives me a lot to do, Silva. Uh, thanks for stopping by. And... You know, if you decided to pursue magic more seriously than just the kind of things that would improve your performances, might I suggest that your parents might uh, approve of abjuration magic? It's kind of like the, well, like the anti-magic of the schools of magic. He's going to roll Arcana. He's heard of this. He says, oh yeah, no, I've heard of the abjuration. That's like the whole... Protective spells. Yeah. Yeah, I mean they might they might be okay with that more more so than anything else. All right, well you know this was cool, Silpha. We should hang out more some some other time. I need to go get back and make sure that it's really clear that my my research went according to plan. And he grabs a random book off the shelf and says, "Thanks. I was looking for this canonical text on the wars of." yeah i'll figure out what it means later see you later and he jogs out of the library 
Galen is going to get up early, early. Like, she's going to have a servant wake her up before dawn. All right. Done. Roll me 2d20s, Jalen. It's a terrible time to roll high when I want to roll low, right? 18 and 19. Fucking A. They did not come Come home. Come on, can I just have conversations with them? Is that so hard? (laughs) Well, you have no idea where Leslie slash Isaac is, but I bet you could find Kylan if if you tried. Okay, yeah. When the sun rises, she'll head into town and drop down to the Thieves' Guild. Kylan is there. Hey. As you head in, he has taken over Vincent's room and the altar room as his own. Mm -hmm. And he has, you know, pushed the altar to the side of the room and moved a table and chairs into the altar room and is... Sitting there with two or three he's people. Just, wait, he's pushed the altar to the side? He has. And he's sitting there with two or three people playing cards at a table. All right. She'll, uh, she'll come in and say, can I join? Absolutely. And he, they deal you in. All right. She will pull a silver cigarette case out of her bag and slide it over to Kylan and say, I know you're getting low. And he will pull out an empty silver case and hand it back to you. And she, she will also flip the full one open and just say, all right, these ones are spliffs. The rest of them are normal. I warned you. Thanks. And he kind of gives you a little, it's not like an affectionate hug, but it's its its a familial kind of like a side pull in. The card game continues. Mm-hmm. So Kylan will basically say, all right, boys, if we keep this up, somebody's going to be too broke to buy food today. So get out. And they stand up and walk on out. And Kylan says, so I hear you went on some kind of really fancy date and burnt down half the house for <laughs> Well... You have to get your thrills somehow, right? I'm impressed. My thrills are usually a lot less expensive and terrifying. Um, well, what did you hear? Well, there was a huge fire. You and Lynn were spending the night together and uh, did some monster slaying, and apparently there's a dragon head of the taxidermist. Uh, yeah, yeah, that went to Jessica. Jessica was with us. Well, and, good. And Sable and Sylpha. That makes it proprietous. <laughs> yeah, we were dealing with creatures that were... Had been coming out of the thorns and plaguing House Farathi, and last night one of them had a dragon head. Wow. Yeah, good times. Well, congratulations. You killed a dragon. That's some serious cred. Well, I helped. <laughs> well, I, I recommend taking ownership. Okay, I can do that. I wondered if... Yeah, so, so Sable is in a tenuous position. Oh, hell yeah. Jesus. As a friend of mine, and also somebody who did a pretty mighty favor for you, I wondered if we could mobilize the guild and the rumor network to help her out a little bit i mean i'll pay for it as long as you're paying we could probably get some some of the guild network going but you know truthfully the people who are really important you want to get like vanessa lunari in on this oh she'll be in on it too like a Cygnus Swanson. i don't know if he'll be in on it but vanessa lunari will definitely be on board because silpha will work on her all right great but yeah. we have people networked through the houses, and it would be great if they could push rumors more into Sable's favor. Done. I need uh, I need something from you. Okay. There's a full moon in two nights. Yes. Things have not really calmed down. Okay. I'd like you to stay away from the guild, just for a couple nights. Okay, no problem. Three would be fine. Okay, got something to ask of you. All right. I asked you about my parents... Yeah. And you fed me a pretty healthy helping of horseshit. He sort of leans back in his chair. It's okay. I gathered a little more information, and I'd like to ask you again. And it would be great if you would respect me enough to be honest with me. All right. I gotta admit, that is not my strong suit. Well, try. 
Okay. What you got? She'll say, first of all, my father was not a thorn cutter. All right. Would you look me in the eye and tell me whether that's true or not? He looks you in the eye and says, Jalen, I don't think anyone knew who your father was. Because she had multiple lovers? She did. Were you one of them? You know how I said honesty is not my strong suit. Tyler. <clears throat> you know, okay, I'll tell you what. Are you sleeping with Lynn Borninio? No. All right, fair's fair. <laughs> yes, she was. So, all right, how, how many... How many are we talking here? Did she have three or four, or did she have nine or ten? I mean, how... He leans back and says, let me ask you a different question here, Jalen. What do you hope to learn from the answer to that question? You know, I, the reason I asked you in the first place is was, I was just honestly curious, okay? But then you were all wigged out that I asked, and then you lied to me, and suddenly I think there might be be something to find out here and i think i need to know what that is and in asking around a little bit found out some other sort of strange things that just don't line up and what i'm putting together in my head i don't know whether it's right or not but i think you do and i don't know why it's such a big deal for you to tell me but i know that gail disappeared not after i was born but while she was still pregnant and so i don't know why I'm here and she's not. And I know that you have a lot more mutations going than upper class usually gets. So I, what's, I mean, tell me what the story is here, Kylan. What's going on? Wow. That's a lot of questions. Um, that is a lot of questions. He sits kind of quietly and sort of stares at his cards for a little while. And then he says, all right, I can appreciate that you would like to know some things. Your father has a piece of paper of me that he is not supposed to give you. Tell him I give you permission to read it. What's on this paper that you can't just say? What, why? Why can't you just say it? Well, we have a certain kind of relationship, and I'm a little bit afraid that uh, you will not feel the same way about that. Kylan, do you have more than a strong suspicion that you're my father? He'll, he'll lean back and say, Jalen, you look exactly like your mother. To be honest, you don't look like any other men that she was with. So, I don't know. But I do know that I chose this for you. Why? Well, initially, I thought having a daughter might be good. And I felt like I owed something to you. You know what? You. I'm going to stop you. Okay. I think, I think we should just make it easy. I, I think we can just make this easy. Let's do that, okay? I'm going to ask you why again. And all I, I think all you need to do, Kylan, is just tell me something I'll believe. Okay, it doesn't have to be true. I'll take that back. It doesn't have to be true. You just need to tell me something that I can take and I can believe. You could tell me, you know, you having you having a daughter that you were claiming as your own. I mean, you have a lot of enemies and that would have been a liability for you. You can tell me that and I'll believe it. All I, right. But, you know... I, when you were two, I fucked up real bad. I fucked up real bad and a bunch of people decided to try to... Finish me off, and you needed to not be mine. And that is why you are my brother's daughter. But he signed the adoption papers the year I was born. I'll let you in on a little secret about paperwork. We get to file it whenever we want. And we get to write on it whatever we want. 
And so you were never my daughter, and that was important. So I'm 18. Well, no. Well, actually, you're 17 in probably about three and a half months. Who's counting, right? You are. Look, um, I'm really bad at this, Jalen. Uh, read the paper, okay? Just ask your dad for the paper. Also, avoid the guilt till after the full moon. Okay. I don't think this changes anything. I hope not. I've really enjoyed having you part of the family, Jalen. Yeah, Kylan, I don't, I don't really know what to say. He stands up and says, Well, I was really hoping you wouldn't ask, because this is, this is awkward, and I should have been more ready for it, and I'm, I'm not. You're right. This doesn't have to change anything. I do want to know what happened to Gail. That, I'm afraid I will not tell you to your face, but I think it's in the letter. Okay, well, um, I guess I'll see you in a few days. Enjoy the smokes. Yeah, and he will sit down looking very solemn. Welcome to the mid-roll. Today's animal facts are brought to you by the zebra. Why? Because I like them. Zebras are in the same family as horses and are commonly recognized by their distinctive black and white stripes. They're native to Africa. There are three major types of zebras, mountains and plain zebras, which are closely related to horses, and a third type called an imperial zebra, which is more closely related to the donkey. Zebras are about four feet high and about eight feet long and live about 25 years. The purpose of zebra stripes is up for debate. Some theories are that it disrupts the outline of the animal, improving their ability to hide. Others are that they are a form of optical illusion that makes a group of zebras hard to pin down individually, and to a colorblind predator they are perhaps appearing like grass. Some think, perhaps, it just lets the zebras spot each other and stay together. But there's also some evidence that insects are particularly confused by the stripes, and still another theory that the stripes keep the animal cool. Like horses, zebras have great eyesight and good hearing. Socially, zebras gather in harems, which is about one stallion to six mares. When threatened by predators, the zebras group up, while the stallion is in charge of fighting off the predator. Just like horses, zebras mostly eat grass, mostly sleep standing up, and display their moods with their ears. Unlike horses, they have a slightly more various array of vocal noises, and have not really been domesticated. Okay, let's get back to it. Sable, when you wake up in the morning, there is a knock on your window. Oh, all right. I'll check there who's at the window. There does not appear to be anyone at the window. Is there anything at the window? There is another knock. Uh, I open the window. Two tiny trumpet noises sound, and appearing on your windowsill is a man. He's 12 inches tall, roughly, okay. about a foot. He has um, kind of long blonde hair and little... Uh, little fairy wings and is wearing a tiny little green outfit but he looks very formal like the outfit is very well tailored it's a formal messenger's outfit just like one you would see running around in Fenrir anywhere but you know a tiny tiny man good morning sir fairy i say in sylvan good morning the typical messenger the cat is not available this close to your house however i am here to offer my assistance with the grove well, potentially with the Grove. My assistance is actually just with agreements. I am here to make an opening offer. I'll hear it. Excellent. He steps in, sort of unfurls dragonfly wings and flutters over to a chair. Yeah, there's fairy-sized furniture in here. 
because there was a house, remember? That's it true. It was just up in the rafters. That's true. Uh, he will he will flutter up to the rafters and grab basically like a little Barbie chair yeah. and flutter back down and set it on your table and sit on it. I pull a chair up and sit next to him. My name is Whistles, and I was very good friends with your grandmother. So, a uh, couple things. One, I need to move my stuff out of your rafters. Two, I am the backup messenger for the cat. Now, I guess. My new job. So, your old job was what? I was the matron's personal assistant. Oh, with the pay? Yes. Anyway, I'm here to offer you a number of possible choices. Most members of the circle, about this time in their talent and experience, choose to create a more permanent relationship with the Fairy Queen, one in which they are granted direct power, typically of a magical nature. That is what I have understood has happened in the past. Yes, and I'm here to offer that same agreement with you. If you request, even, I could be your personal assistant. I also understand that in the past there was a, a kind of detente between a great number of powers in the circle, raising their strength over and over over again by magical means in an attempt to take over. That did happen. I was uh, not a- alive for that. I'm not looking forward to repeating that. Well, well good news. Your current membership really has nothing to offer. Hmm. However, if a permanent relationship is not in the cards, I'm happy to offer lesser agreements. Uh, we could simply agree that the fairies will take care of this plant growth concern for you in the future. In return for? Well, that is the part that is most negotiable. I think a permanent agreement is actually the lowest cost, in which case you would swear loyalty to the fairy queen and receive a magical object possibly even the services of a person like me, and magic, raw power. Roughly the equivalent of about two spells an hour. That's tempting. Well, it should be. It's a formal agreement we've arranged with, well, literally everyone else. In, in the past month, my life has transformed entirely. I'm not yet ready to make another major transformation. I hope you can understand. Well, I can't. Humans are all about transforming. Fairies are very static creatures. Understanding isn't really what I am capable of. But what I can give you, well, access to power. How about you call me when you need some? Let me guess. I just whistled. <laughs> well, that is how the matron did it. It was a little demeaning, honestly. Okay. How would you prefer? Let's start with saying the word whistle oh. instead of whistling. And how about I just... Stay up here in my old apartment. Uh, it does seem to be decked out for you. It's where I've lived for nearly 20 years. Well, I'm not going to evict you. Ah, well, thank you. I appreciate that. I'll just be here. You don't plan on having any loud parties or... <laughs> Spying on me. <laughs> oh, he's totally going to spy on her. <laughs> yeah. The matron was not big on letting anyone have parties either. No, I, I'm fairly quiet house guest. Keep to myself. Stay out of sight in the way that we do. Great. Then we should make excellent roommates. Very well. I guess I will postpone moving out. Great. I have a question. What does time mean to your creatures? Anything? Very little, unfortunately. Time in Fae isn't necessarily linear, nor does it move at a specific speed. 
Great, because I don't know what kind of speed I want to move at either. Ah, well, we're not in Fey, so unfortunately it moves at whatever speed it moves. But I am accustomed to it jumping forward many years, going backwards, you know, whatever. It's very interesting to watch a human live their life in Fey. It's, well, they age backwards sometimes and then forwards really fast, and it's quite messy, actually. Thanks for that tidbit. Do you eat? Yes. What do you eat? Honeydew, melon, and nectar. I'll get you some breakfast. You all arrive at Mies at the same time for the sake of expedience. Yay! <laughs> Fancy meeting you here. Tess opens the door and says, Oh, it's good to see you all. I was expecting you. Please come in. Um, we are back in the... Well, I've taken to calling it the bunker. So she it, takes you... To the sheep barn? <laughs> no. No. Oh, okay. To the fairy proof <laughs> oh, room. Oh, oh, right, 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 right. Okay. Into the bunker we go. All right. So she takes you back through the kitchen and pops open this side door in the side hallway, and it is a circular room covered in ruins, just as it always is. At this juncture, it is filled, like every space of wall has a large piece of parchment with drawings and runes of this golem creature that she's having built somewhere. Uh, there's no sign of it being built here. Lady Mav, you have been busy. Oh, uh, yes. Well, I think I've finally decoded all the formula. Uh, we're ready. I mean, we need the ingredients, and the body itself is under construction at House Mason, but uh, it really will just be as simple as placing the items inside the finished construct. Are you certain that having the Masons create it will be safe? Yes. I think Silpha's judgment is good on this. What I wanted to talk to you about is the possibility of speeding up our hunting expedition. We have half of what we need. Well, what what did you get? I have given you the Heart of Iron. We acquired the Heart of Fire. I have a means I am working on for your Heart of Power. My concern is that this is very, very dangerous, and I have some associates that could make this much easier. Did you not know this before? Well, honestly, no. I was hoping you would do some research and maybe... There'd be something small, like a fire newt? We did research, and we went hunting, and what came out was a beast that breathed fire. It might have ignited the timber fields, no matter whether we were present or not. Yes, I understand. Here's the thing. We're going to build this construct. It is going to be capable of cutting the thorns. Not a lot of them, mind you, but it will not tire and it will have at its disposal some magics and some regenerative power. It will be immune to the poisons. This this is the greatest potential I have. But when we've built it, I still need you. And it sounds like I nearly lost you. And that would be quite detrimental to the plan. I look distinctly unimpressed. <laughs> but Jalen gets a real sour look on her face. And <laughs> Silpha is looking more cross than she ever has in Lady Miav's presence. And Jalen will say, well, we would hate to inconvenience you by dying, Lady Miav. Oh, that's still a very strong possibility with me. The half of my protection just died. And uh, there are lots of reasons to get rid of me now. Lots more than there were, say, last night. I didn't mean to imply that I did not care whether you lived or died, Jalen and Sable. It, the plan is to get us out of the thorns forever. That's the long game, okay? 
and I need all of the allies I can get, and quite frankly, I have three, and they're in this room. Lady, I think using creatures that are somehow capable of traveling through the thorns, which I am just recently learning of the fact that such communication and possibility exists to begin with, who are these parties? What are they? House Miev has a long history of... Dealing with the Fae, I know. It's a bit more complicated than that. Um, my nursemaid is a creature, woman, creature, named Blindy, and I have never seen her true form, but... We know that name. I uh, think gl- we, there's a Glindy, Glindy. Oh, okay. who lives in the thorn somewhere who you've been told to go kill. Yep. And Squire the Squire also mentioned an encounter with Glindy. Okay. And I think Riley did too, although he didn't name her. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Glindy and her sister are actually in the cottage just on the other side of the first bit of the thorn wall. And I have the ability to get us there. They are powerful in their own right and could help us find some of these components perhaps without as much danger to ourselves are they are they fey yes they they are fey i would like to involve as little fey as possible in this plan i understand and i would too i have acquired from thalia the apothecary some better bait and i have prepared some stronger spells and i think going forward we could do it in a lot more intelligent way. Sylph, I'm going to trust you on this. If that is what you believe is the best way to do this, then that is the way we will do it. But I, you have to understand, this is so important to me, I would put down just about anything as a bargaining chip here. What would it cost us to talk to Glindy and... To talk to them? Nothing. What they ask for will be another issue. What do you think they're going to ask for? What harm would it do to talk to them? They may be informants. Oh, they most certainly are, but we are, except in this room, surrounded by them at all times. It's not like they don't know everything we're up to. I don't think they have much interest in you, Jalen. Congratulations. Yay. But they do spend a great amount of time near Sable and Silva. I would talk to them. Excellent. I'll tell you what. Let's go talk to them and see what their price is. And if we decide it's worth paying, we'll decide that as a group. Follow me. And she will walk out the back door through the servant's entrance in the kitchen and head towards the thorn line. It's a ways out because they keep it cleared to avoid pricking the sheep that surround her estate. Sylpha's carrying her lantern at this time. Okay. The lantern flares up periodically, at which point little motes of light that you know are little men sort of flee the lantern light and get further away. You you suspect they're there, but they're not in listening distance anymore if you were to whisper there probably 60, 70 feet away at at the closest. And you walk out to the edge of thorns on the edge of her property. There's really no one around. And the thorn wall is like the biggest, thickest blackberry bush thorn wall you've ever seen, right? So you can't really see into the thorns at all. And she says, all right, just give me a moment and also stand back. And she starts to cast a spell. And her hands cup a little bit, the, you know, two cups over each other. And she sort of pulls her hands apart, and a small red bead has formed between her palms. At which point, she sort of gives it a little underhanded shove, and it rockets directly into the thorns. And there's a pause. Just one second. Two seconds. 
and then a massive roar of flame as a fireball explodes, expanding out and tearing a massive hole in these thorns. The thorns themselves do not catch fire, but they do burn, and then they start to sort of like wither and blacken. The trees in the canopy do catch fire, at which point she casts a second spell, and it begins to form a cloud that sort of stretches mostly over this area that she blew up, and just sleet starts raining out of the clouds. All of the fire is put out, and the thorns that are left are kind of beat down and frozen. What it has revealed is a cottage, and about ten feet around the cottage in a perfect circle is the line of the thorns. It's a small little old-school cottage, grandma-in-the-woods kind of feel. It's got, you know, maybe three or four rooms, a chimney. There's a little bit of smoke coming out of it that you couldn't really see because of the thorn wall before. And she says, welcome to, well, I call it the nursery. My father had a much more colorful name for it. The East Cottage. Let's call it the East Cottage. Can he call it the cat house? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Essentially. Come along. And Miev walks up to the door and does not knock, just opens it up and steps inside. I'll follow. Follow too. Sulfa does as well. So when you step inside, it it is maybe bigger on the inside. There is a woman behind a desk dressed as a like a geisha almost with long flowing multicolored robes. Her face is painted white. She's absolutely gorgeous, like porcelain doll, perfect. And she looks up and says, Miev, so wonderful to see you. What has it been? Fifteen years? And Miev says, Wendy, wonderful to see you also. Are there any patrons in? And Wendy says, oh, no, not enough traffic these days. You really should come and have your thorn cutters keep a path open. They might be coming then. And she says, I'm, I'm okay with having the cottage be a little quiet. Is your sister around? And Wendy says, oh, of course, she's not allowed to leave. And Wendy says, um, Blindy. And a woman in a, a nurse outfit comes out. And this is like, it's not something you generally see in Fenrir. So I don't, I don't know that you would know what a nurse outfit is. I mean, you're talking about like white uniform and hat with a red cross exactly. on it. Exactly. Comes out and she is beautiful, but in this exaggerated way. Like if Barbie were a real person, uh -huh. her chest is so big, you can't imagine her back is like able to function. Like she's ridiculous looking. Like Jessica Rabbit. Ridiculous. Very Jessica Rabbit. Okay. Blindy, you imagine, walks out and says, Oh, my little one, welcome back! And, like, comes in for this big hug and sort of wraps up Miev in her arms. And Miev seems not as awkward as you'd expect about this. And then takes a step back and says, Blindy, Wendy, we have a request. I am working on a, a magical spell. And I need some components for it. And some of them are quite rare and, and probably come from Beasts in the Thorns. Would it be possible for you to help? And Wendy and Blindy both kind of simultaneously smile in a way that is weirdly synchronized. And Wendy says, well, we could. You know my relationship with your mother is not good. And I would need to borrow that ring of yours. You know the one, the one that keeps it from reading your mind. And Miev says, that's a pretty important ring. 
And she said, well, what we would do is the amount of time it would take to help is the amount of time I would get to wear the ring. And then we, we would help, simply help. And Miev says, well, what's to say that you wouldn't just take your sweet time? And Blundy says, well, you know we care deeply for you. We practically raised you, darling. We would do anything for you. How about we limit it then? A month. Maximum a month. And we can guarantee that we will have all of the components you need together. You'll just need to bring along someone to acquire them. But we can safely take them to where they are and help them negotiate getting them. We can do it faster. That's what we can offer. Our, the speed that we can move might be faster, but you'd have to tell me the exact names of these components. That's up to you, Lady Mary. Lady, it's true. We could do it faster. And perhaps if we need assistance, then this generous offer would still stand. Thank you, ladies. I really appreciate you always being there for me. And Wendy and Blindy both nod and say, You really should consider coming back more often. There's a lovely hunter I could call in, and he is muscular. Miev sort of blushes a little bit and clears her throat and says, I'm really not as into that as my father was. <laughs> Kayla's eyes are just huge. <laughs> and she's like raising an eyebrow. <laughs> uh-huh. So she's just kind of, yeah, like, oh man. I just, like, as, despite the fact that these are Faye, I still like just distinctly unimpressed. I'm like hovering at the doorway, like, wow. The best they could offer us is a month. We were able to get it in, what, two days? Fuck that. It might take us longer. It's kind of a bluff, because we just got really lucky with what we rolled. But we literally rolled a 20. Yeah. I don't know and, that. And, no. there, and there was an oh shit that accompanied that roll. <laughs> um, out of character, I want to say, I think this is the cottage that's in the Guire the Squire book, if I'm not yes, mistaken. Yes, he mentions so, this cottage. I, I don't know. what. Can you refresh my mind? Like what they thought was there that would... The Guire the Squire book thought that this was the location that he came to learn that the queen of Fenrir, King Fenrir's wife, had perhaps fairy blood in her veins and was part fairy. Yeah, the queen's lineage is in documents in this cottage. I'm curious about that. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> well, you just need to ask for the documents. Do we? You know, like, I mean, we all know this in, in character. It, it can't hurt to ask and see what they'd want for it. I mean, we know we know that they're here. I mean, the, the question is, do you want to ask them that in front of Lady Miev? Because you are as good as admitting that we have decoded the Squire's the squire book too well we gave her the means to decode that book yeah, as well but, but i don't know that we really told her that we were also decoding it so i guess i mean i, I think this this ball's in your court silva because you're you're her apprentice yeah. but i mean do you want to reveal that much to me of silva says something to the effect of but while we are here i had read something that says there are documents here, documents which indicate a history from the king of Fenrir and his lineage before the thorns befell the kingdom. Uh, the geisha nods at you and says, yes, come this way. And she steps around from the counter and opens a closet that is way bigger on the inside. And it is basically bookshelves of scrolls, just lines of them. And Miev kind of follows you in with a little confused look in her face. Says, "Where did you read that?" In it a was... book of Mason history. Oh, she was going to spin up a story, but <laughs> <laughs> well, what's your story? She's going to say, 
Silpha was helping me with my family tree, and we stumbled across that tidbit. One of you rolled me deception, and one of you uh, is helping the other one, and so that person who gets to roll it also will have advantage. 18. Luckily, one of you rolled well. <laughs> and so Miev nods without really a second thought about it, and the sort of geisha spins around and says, Now, there isn't really a filing system like I hear there is in your human libraries, but uh, tell me what you are looking for, and I'll happily find it. It would be the pedigree of the queen of Fenrir, married to King Fenrir, 80 hmm. or so years ago. Oh, I remember her. She was a uh, delightful little brat for many years, and really <laughs> matured. And she will turn and walk along. She was a Miev, you know. She was raised in this very cottage. And she'll pull out a little scroll and unfold it and say, Here it is. Her mother, the queen of the fairies. Her father, Lord Miev. And she presents it to you. And it is a small signed, almost like a birth certificate. We started keeping these. Apparently you mortals are forgetful. So do you think you could do it in two weeks? With three components that we need. Um, I mean, if we were to find three creatures in the thorns, certainly. Uh, if they were cooperative creatures, definitely. If they were uncooperative creatures, well, we'd have to hunt them. Or find someone to help you. Correct. We can take more time if we need. It will take more effort for me to get the last component, and I'm working on it. Have, I, I leave that decision to you. Uh, what they're asking is of you, not of us. Yes, well, um, I did say that we would decide as a group, and we will do that, and let's do it away from here. Right. We won't take up any of, more of your time today, and they both turn and look pretty disappointed, and they're like, well, we've been here for 15 years, darling. Uh, you could stay for tea. I mean, you never call. Miev says, yeah... Ah, uh, I'm really busy. I've got this project, and it's uh, taking up a lot of time. You, you know, work. It's work. And they both nod. And then Blindy says, So when are you going to have a couple of little brats we can raise? I This cottage hasn't had the laughter of children in it in years. <laughs> I'm leaving. <laughs> I think at that, Mia, her hand kind of goes behind her back, and she, like, gestures to the door at you, like... yeah. We I'm, really I'm have to leaving. go. Uh, I'll work on that as another project in another time. In another universe. <laughs> and they sort of, you know, files back out of the door and she closes it. And Wendy and Blindy uh, kind of open it after her and take one step, two steps, three steps out. And they get to the 10 foot range and stop. Wave. The geisha does this like bizarrely polite formal wave. The The nurse is just like. Full-armed, crazy wave. Jalen will give him a little... Yeah, I wave politely. Uh, and as you get out of the thorns, uh, you can tell it is already growing back. Yeah. Lady Miev, why are they trapped? Well, so the story goes that they chose to stay in this realm, and the fairy queen said they could on a few conditions, and one of them is that they can't leave there without a additional agreement to allow them to be out of that space. Uh, another one is that they can never show their true form, so those were illusions. Are they, like, your aunts or something? Clearly one was a wet nurse. Yes. 
They practically raised me. One way or another, I think that you two need to get used to the idea that we will be dealing with pay, like it or no. Lady Mia, how pricey is that to you to give up your ring for a month or whatever? The last time I wore it, I lost quite a bit of time. So if I were to take it off, I would definitely be stuck in my bunker for the duration. I don't know what that means. She sits down and says, The last time I took this ring off, I don't remember the three days after it. What happens? Do you have any idea? Did someone tell you? Events did transpire. Is that when your husband went missing? No. I took it off once two years ago, and I don't know what happened. Wow. Is anyone able to tell you? They tell me I behaved normally, and that uh, Lord Mentor tried to kill me with some poison. It didn't work. Hmm. So, yes, it is a lot to ask. It's not a convenient ask. It is definitely an inconvenience, but I'm literally next to the kitchen. I can camp here. Lord Mentor doesn't want me in, in the capital anyway. Who gave you the ring? Is it meant to protect you from yourself? No, it is meant to protect me from my mother. Who's your mother? As much as I would like to tell you, I have very few agreements, and that is pretty much the only one. Mm. Sofa looks down at the certificate that we have and says, A fairy, I would presume. Yeah. Every birth documented in that library is between a fairy and a mortal. I don't look so surprised. <laughs> I'm, I'm just kind of like, yeah, and... Come to think of it, Miev's ears are a little pointier than you would have, you know, like, than the typical... Well, we did know there was a connection between House Miev and, and we didn't know it was such a direct connection. <laughs> such a current connection. How is it that this room is acceptable to you? I am not a fairy. I would prefer if you didn't think of me as a fairy. I don't. Thank you. I have a question for you, Sylpha and Lady Miev. That might be safest asked in this room. So the other day, the same the same day that haircut happened, <laughs> um, I was bitten by a were rat, but I didn't change, and it's not an issue. Uh, and she'll she'll describe what happens. She, uh, it, you know, he it, it bit me, and there was this. This green flash of light and um, and this smell like pine trees and there were these leaves blowing for a minute and then and it and it threw him off of me. Well, that sounds like fairy magic, deflecting fairy magic. Right, but I don't know what it is. It it, it was a pretty big shock to me. I I thought. You know, he closed in and bit me, and I figured, all right, well, we're rat them, here I come. But that's not what happened, and I, I don't... So, could someone have done this to me, or is it... Agreements could be made on your happy half as long as they were done when you were a child by a parent. Otherwise, that's not possible. Well, clearly it's possible it happened. Presumably because a parent made an agreement that protected you I, I mean we don't know the terms of it I could be doing other things then all of us are far more intertwined with the bay than perhaps I, I didn't ask for that i mean i appreciate it because i don't really want to be a fucking were rat but i mean i didn't i didn't ask for that i didn't ask for any of this i don't want to un my uncle would like me to un my uncle my 
Kylan would like me to undo it, but I don't. I don't really want to. But I am. I do want to know what it is. Well, there are exactly two entities that would probably know what it is. Okay. One of them is a willow tree near House Varathy, and the other is a willow tree north of here in the Thorns. On those things, I have acquired from Thalia some antitoxin that may allow careful exploration of the Thorns. Additionally, I acquired some belladonna. Yeah, I've been meaning to tell you, um, I can get more belladonna. Growing it is an extremely dangerous affair. It tends to get burnt up if it's not well hidden. And I imagine there's a very high cost for it. Do you want to meet Tree? Do I have to deal with fairy or druid? Tree is they. Is it going to cost me anything? I don't know. Can I even... Isn't your tree, like, in the middle of the thorns? I mean, how would it I... It is. I mean, you you can get to it. I can't get to it. I might be able to arrange something. I don't want you making deals for me. You have I, to I don't want you making deals for Both me. of you are going to have to come to terms with the fact that we will be dealing yes. with Fay. Dealing with them? I'm not making any deals. Sable, it's... What do you think the word dealing means? I will converse with them. I'm not making any agreements. Sable, this is important to me, but it's not that important. If you want, maybe you can ask your tree about it. But if it's going to cost you to get me in to talk to it, I don't want to do it. I hope you understand that from this moment forward in my life, any move I take is going to cost me. Right, and I'm not going to judge you for that, but I'm also not going to be the cause of it. Look around you. The, the situation that I am in right now is because of my alliance with everyone in this room. I am also alive because of my alliance with everyone in this room. These prices are prices I'm choosing. That's why we're trying to think of the larger picture and not make short-term agreements, but to think of a way to free us all. So we're no longer entrapped by agreements, but we'll never be free of it if people continue the cycle. It seems to me that we're not going to be able to break out of it unless we play at least a little bit of the game. I mean, that's what we're doing, right? Building alliances, finding which houses will work with us and which ones won't, amassing power. I mean, isn't that the, isn't that the game that we're playing? I mean, I took over a house for this. I agree with Silpha. I think... The more we play the fairies game and make deals with them, the weaker we make ourselves, and the less able we are to change things. How do you know? Look at the reason you were appointed, Sable. It was because you didn't have deals. Because I didn't play the game in that way, yeah. So the less deals that we make, the better we are. It means doing things the hard way. Sometimes it means not getting easy answers to questions. All right, I I would like to turn the entire guild around and completely sever it from its alliances with fairy, and that's going to be fucking hard, but I think it's worth doing. And it means not doing what's easy, and what would be easy, except that I apparently have a magic on me, would be to become a were-rat and be on the inside like that. But that's not what I want to do, and that's not how I want to do it. What makes you think anything about that would be easy? I mean, what makes you think that any of that step is an easy way? <laughs> it's a cheap means of access to power. It's cheap means. Hmm. Yes, 
Sable, it's cheap. You bargain away something and you think that it has no value, that it you're getting something power in exchange for what you've given. And from what I see, the price is never worth what is paid. Yeah, her character, my character right now is like leaning against the wall with her arms crossed, just nodding. Listen, I strongly recommend that you all avoid fairy agreements. They are a fact of life here. Almost everybody has them in some form or another, or they don't, and they have some other power that keeps them safe. Or, unfortunately, they're below the note of the fairies, and their life is rather short. So, you're going to have to choose, I assume, at some point, which side of that power fence you want to be on. You could join one of the families that seems to have different arrangements. I mean, Sable, you saw what happened. You saw with your own eyes what happened to the Lady Verathi. Mm-hmm. And to Ophelia. She had enormous power and and it was taken from her because it wasn't something that she grew within her. It was borrowed. I think the problem with making the deals with fairy like this is the bill is going to come due. It always comes due and it's always more. I just find it strange that you are lecturing me on the way in which we should deal or not deal with the Fae when neither one of you had even had a conversation with one. That's not true. Look, our existence inside of this curse is already one hell of a conversation, Sable. We're talking about the people who are imprisoning us. Okay, they have imprisoned us. They are our jailers. Tell me, if you needed to kill someone in one of the houses, how would you recommend doing it? How would you get close enough? I would do some research. I would find out their routines. I would figure out when they're going to be alone. I would get naked, and I would sneak in the night and kill them. How are you going to do that research? How are you going to find out their routines? Slowly. Reconnaissance. Mm-hmm. Observation. Mm-hmm. What kind of reconnaissance are we doing? Information gathering. What kind of observation are we doing? What kind of information gathering are we doing against our enemies? If the Fae are indeed our enemies. If. You're just sitting there telling me that they are. Well, they have put us in this prison. And what do we know of them? Anything? They're a bunch of bastards. That's what we know of them so far. Have you encountered anybody aligned with Fairy who wasn't a fucking bastard? I look at Miev. Other than Miev, who is sometimes a bastard? Oh. When you're born into fairy, it is hard to not be aligned with fairy. I'm not judging you. I appreciate I come that. from a family of bastards, so it's cool. But any have any of the fae that you've talked to, with the possible exception of your tree, which I'm not sure you're totally sure about, any of them been, like, you know, good people? They're not people. Folk. Look, I, I can't even practice magic in the manner that I would like to, because people are so scared of it. They instantly associate it with fairies and fairy bargains, and they don't understand. They're just ignorant about the potential of magic, and magic could free us from this place, and our ignorance of it is keeping us trapped. I hear what you're saying. She doesn't look any remotely convinced. She is just pulling away further and further. I understand that you believe that magic is a more civilized form of power. No, you re- and that there are better ways, and that any kind of agreement would be a cheap form of attaining power. 
and that you believe this because of where we live and how we have grown. I understand that. I also understand that I am consistently surrounded by Faye. I'm in a circle devoted to Faye, whether I like it or not. And well, could you not, you are in charge of that circle. Could you not change things within it? Could you not say no more? It's Faye power that kept the grove alive before this. It's Faye power that made Barathe what it is. I can't simply do nothing. I can't simply say I will deal with you no longer and have an existence. They would kill me as quickly as people will kill me here for the damn grove burning down. Has all your magic come from fairies? You you practiced cantrips far before you were ever pointed to the circle as None far as I knew. None of my power comes from them. None. It's mine. I earned it. But every day they pester me. Tell them to fuck off. off. Right. Mm-hmm. <sighs> well. I'm <laughs> just like, I am as uncomfortable as I've ever been in my own room. <laughs> I can appreciate this struggle. And believe me, I wish that I had had the opportunity to have these kind of debates. But that was not the hand I drew. So I need you to decide because we said we'd decide as a group if the cost is not worth paying if you would like to try to get more components on your own and the agreement can just wait i think we should give silpha's bait research a try i think we should not do it at house Verathi. we need to do it far enough away that we will not be doing damage agree to any house um i think that was a mistake and we should try that. If it winds up being nearly catastrophic again, then we need to revisit this idea. But we need to see if we can do it in a more controlled and predictable way. I agree. First. I push off of the wall and I say, well, if I'm still alive in a couple of days' time when you're ready, let me know. In the meantime, I have to go and decide which powers I'm going to deal with, which devil's deals I have to make. Sable, you know... You, do you think human powers are any better? No. Well... I have to deal with some of them. Sable, you know we're in your corner, right? I don't know that right now. I mean, I'm getting attacked from every side. Somebody's going to kill me over the grove. Somebody's going to kill me over my birth. You know, mentor wants to control me. I am funding the guild to help you. Sylpha's going to talk to her mother. And believe me, she wields the power of words like nobody's business. But it's not as bleak as you think. We'll see. And we'll leave it there. Just a quick note, despite the characters arguing, the players are still friends and had a great time. It's pretty important that people playing D&D remember that they're telling a story together and appreciate failures as story opportunities. Otherwise, episodes like this might get taken personally. Also, hot tip, go to dinner after game so you can talk about your characters and also yourselves, because otherwise you start to associate jerk character moves with their players, who hopefully are not jerks. Anyway, everything's good on this end, and I hope our characters fighting didn't stress you out too much. Tune in next time to find out what's in that letter from Kylan, and when our characters get back to the business of being friends. We'll see you next time on Carrots and Suffering, the D&D Odyssey. 
I do have a question, though. Do you or anyone you know have the ability to help us regrow the grove? No, I'm not aware of any wizard magic that can do that, but I'm certain that Blindy and Wendy could introduce you to someone. They would tend your grove. Yeah, I, the, the, the horrible pursed look on my face is the look that she is getting. 